digital learning that's dramatically different. Welcome to this TED Learning Podcast. Hello, I'm Darren from TED Learning, and October, of course, is Black History Month, and with me in this podcast is Louise Chandler. Now, Louise is a PR and communications specialist who has worked for BBC TV, radio, and consulted for the Prince's Trust, the Afro Business Expo, the Barbados and Friends Association, and has spoken to the Houses of Parliament about her Barbadian heritage and the Windrush generation. Louise, thank you very much for, for coming and, and chatting to us today. Talk to me about what Black History Month means to you. I was born in Reading, Berkshire in the early 80s and um, my parents came to Reading in the early 60s. Um, They left Barbados as teenagers and travelled over to the UK and decided that Reading was going to be their home. I come from a Caribbean background. I'm the youngest of six kids and have always grown up in a community in an area that was really multicultural. Went to a school that was full of kids that were from India and Africa and the Caribbean and local white kids and it was all kind of the big mixing pot. I think over time as you grow up and see certain figures on TV or see people in books and you learn about history as a person I'm always curious about history anyway I'm curious about the Romans I remember learning about Greek history and learning about the Tudors at school and it was fascinating but then you don't get to see a lot of diverse history as I started to get older and older I heard more about Black History Month so I then thought what's this about so I learned more about it and I was fascinated to discover loads of different characters and people from history who contributed to the world and society in so many different ways and you don't hear about them and this is why I really started to understand what black history means in a broader sense and what it means to me. For me it allows me to really engage with new figures and new people where you go, wow, I didn't know they did that. They broke that record. They won that award. They were the first to invent this. And it's fascinating, even down to the things that we take for granted every day, like traffic lights or light bulbs. What are the things that have really surprised you and inspired you? I think for me, finding out about inventors, people who've invented everyday items like light bulbs and traffic lights were black people in the 1920s in America. And I find that fascinating because, as I said, you take it for granted. When you're driving and you get stopped at traffic lights, you go, oh, another another traffic light, and you get fed up. But that kind of passion and innovation and having that dynamic thought process is what I found so fascinating with some of these characters who have created these amazing things that we use now. The first kind of person to create CCTV was a woman. The thing with black history and what it means to me is it's not just discovering people and what they've invented and created but also it cuts across all the different lines in terms of gender in terms of race and class a lot of the stories when I hear about black history and black history month it's been people who have really had to go against adversity come up against a lot of challenges had really rough difficult times and throughout all of that they've been able to come up with something that's really positive and something that's still resonates today. And are there any particular people that resonated with you? From when I was a teenager, I discovered Maya Angelou, the writer, the poet, and the activist. Her first book she wrote was I Know Why Caged Bird Sings, and I think she went on to write another six or seven books. She was around during the days of Martin Luther King, movement over in America in terms of um, black civil rights. For Maya Angelou, I saw someone who was experienced child abuse, who was really born into poverty. And 
out of that really seized opportunities to push on, work hard, make achievements and give something back to her community in terms of the activism that she did and the community work. So I would say she was kind of the first person that I engaged with in a black history way that made me go, oh, this is different. And I think as well, it kind of taps into my heritage. Come from a Barbados background. My family grew up really poor, no running water or electricity, grew up very rural in Barbados. So when I heard about Maya Angelou's story and how she grew up, it made me think of those stories my mum would tell me about growing up in um, rural Barbados. Just struck a chord with me. And I just loved all of Maya's words of wisdom, her quotes. One of her popular quotes is, hate has never cured anything yet. It's all about love and compassion. And yeah, I think she's a brilliant ambassador. What do you think that today's children gain from it now that we have Black History Month that we perhaps didn't gain when we were younger? I think nowadays, um, kids and young people, when they look at Black History, they're able to look at a wider history. For me, it's brilliant learning about the Second World War and Romans. And I think of all the things, I mean, I studied history at A-level and I found it fascinating, but it was the curriculum and what is taught is fairly narrow, I would say, in terms of it's the same stories, it's the same figures in history, the same narratives. Whereas actually, there's been some fascinating research done. I've been to museums and galleries where they'll show a collection of photos from England in the 1960s and what life was like then. And that life includes black people, a whole set of different cultures. And it's like, well, why are we not talking about that? One thing that concerns me of black history is that some of the stories will be lost if they're not told and if they're not shared um, with these generations and kids nowadays. I've done a lot of work with the Windrush generation. When I worked for the BBC, I made a radio documentary on the 60s anniversary of the Windrush ship arriving in the UK. I went and spent time with some amazing people, including those who were on that original ship. And the stories that they told were incredible. The fear is, is that there's not many of these people left to share these stories. And if they're not documented and taught in classrooms, that's a part of our history and diverse community culture that will be lost. And it's such a shame. These stories tell us about what it was like weather-wise and what people would wear, fashion, eating fish and chips for the first time, where you would work, how you would find a job, housing, going to certain parties. I interviewed people who told me about they went and saw the Beatles and Rolling Stones and they were first emerging. They are fascinating, insightful stories that still ring true today in terms of fashion and culture and food, but they're not being told because sometimes in schools they just don't think wider than the Romans, the Greeks, World War. It's like, okay, that's great, but what next? Was there any particular event or story that you came across that was like, wow, that's amazing? When I was making the documentary for the BBC about the Windrush anniversary, that it was 60 years at the time, I went to London and I met with a group of West Indian nurses. They were nearing retirement or retiring. And it was now a group of them who kind of socially used to meet up and hang out and all of that. And a lot of them were from the Windrush generation. So they had arrived in like the late 50s, early 60s, left the Caribbean islands, came to the UK. And I sat with them and I interviewed them. And one of them told me about a story where she and her husband had a child, had a daughter. The daughter had to be put into childcare during the day while her and her husband worked log hours. They were working so hard to try and make ends meet and pay their bills that they weren't really seeing their daughter. When they put their daughter with the childminder, the childminder wasn't really looking after the daughter, neglected her. 
and they decided to send her back to the Caribbean so she could be raised by her grandparents back there. And it then led to like a family breakdown because now years later, they haven't got that closeness and that bond because their daughter was sent back to the Caribbean because she didn't get the treatment here in childcare. And um, they were working really hard in really menial, low paid jobs. It was a really hard story, but equally said a lot about that period of time and the sacrifice and the kind of challenges that everyday people faced if you was in that predicament of facing discrimination but also trying to make a way in a new life. That's really really interesting so I suppose hearing these stories how do you think that Black History Month will shape the colour and the history knowledge of the UK population growing up. How do you hope it will help us you know, going forward in the in the decades to come? I kind of cast my mind back a bit and a really interesting time for me was the London 2012 Games because you watch that and I will never forget the opening ceremony and it was a real ode to England. Fish and chips, bowler hats, red double-decker buses. I remember watching the opening ceremony and at one point the real fleeting 20-30 seconds where they had like a representation of black nurses in the NHS arriving. And it was part of the sequence in the opening ceremony of the Games. And I remember watching it thinking, right, this is it. There is an acknowledgement that we have contributed. We are part of society. We did leave the Caribbean and come to the UK to help England rebuild after the Second World War. When I saw that, I thought, this is what we need to seize and take moving forward for future generations. Having that moment of, yeah, great, we've been a part of history. We haven't set ourselves aside to do something entirely different. We were always there working, involved in sport, involved in art and culture and history and literature. Why not involve us in that narrative and take it forward and celebrate it? We've had great writers, musicians, fashion designers, chefs and cooks. The food that we eat nowadays, I remember my mum telling me that you couldn't get plantains and sweet potatoes in supermarkets. Now you can. Well, that's because well-known chefs are cooking with those ingredients and merging them into everyday life, where actually sweet potato now is a staple. Loads of people eat it. That's what, for me, I want to see, that kind of acknowledgement and then feeding it through seamlessly into all elements of life day to day. Well, Louise, as always, a pleasure to chat to you. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast today. And if you want to listen to any of our other podcasts, then you can go to our website, podcast.tedlearning.co.uk, and you can visit us on most podcast platforms.